Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. Man, I'm just ready to jam on this uh, discussion we're going to have today. Yeah, I, I thought about going solo on it, but it just didn't make sense. You know, and you're right. Um, sometimes you have to be in a good rhythm with... Uh, you know, a, a discussion with other people uh, to form a cohesive unit. and uh, we, we could keep stringing these jokes long, but uh, we're mm. not going to. Uh, we're yeah, talk- Let's pull the cord on this, okay? That, that's right. That's right. I'm getting too amped with all these jokes. We are doing a, <laughs> a top 10 best guitarists of all time. Top guitarists. And you know what that means. Our list is 100% definite. <laughs> That's right. There's no opinion, no bias in this whatsoever. We uh, we will give you zero proof uh, of why we think these people, other than our just our love. Well, we said so. so that's that's right. all that matters. That's right. Um, now, normally with something like this, a lot of other podcasts would uh, include snippets of the music for the artists themselves. And, you know, fair use is a thing, and we should be able to do that. However... The way the music industry is, we don't really want to have to pull down the episode, re-edit it, and put it back in with some, say, snide comment <laughs> about the artist or, or their lawyers or whoever owns the music rights or whatever. So we're not going to do that. It can be tedious. Now, of course, we, I think, I think a lot of the things that we are discussing we can rattle off names of whatever, and let's be honest with ourselves, you could go right to the YouTubes and probably pull up um, that song. A lot of folks have music subscription services. A lot of folks don't. Uh, but even if you go to something like uh, Apple Music, if you've got even if you've got a HomePod or if you've got Pandora on an app, you can go to a station based on that artist and still listen to songs every once in a while. Now you can't necessarily choose those songs, right? But you can get an idea if you're like, we haven't heard that artist before. Although I have a feeling a lot of the things that we'll discuss, uh, for the most part, people have heard, but not all of them. No. But it'll be an easy type of reference to listen to a station curated by Pandora that has a few of these artists in it. And I know at least for, for my top 10, I, I put together just, you know, at least one example for each of the artists that I think really showcases their skill uh, that is easily uh, viewable on YouTube. I mean, that's exactly, that was my priority. It's like, okay, can you get to it quick on YouTube? Here it is. And it gives you a little, little visual something too. Um, now, I don't know about you, Richard. I kept my guitarists to the... Um, traditional guitar side of things no bass players uh or at least nobody that's considered prominently a bass player first uh just kind of a standard set of guitarists uh in my mix did you do the same i stuck with that now here's the thing about the consideration for this because i do have a big exclusion from my list but if we look at this we're talking about guitarists so that's what we mentioned right but there are there's a, a whole bunch of different classes in terms of like you play guitar and you sing. So who's the best at doing that combo? Well, we didn't we didn't do that. No. Um, you play guitar and you write the songs like a, a, a singer, a singer songwriter or a, a guitar songwriter. Like 
no, we 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 didn't do that, right? Um, we just looked for guitar, whether you're great at singing or not, whether you wrote the songs or not. You know, it's just like guitar, and, and that's it. Yeah, that that's pretty much the only criteria, and it's just a way to for us to say how much we love certain artists. I guess more than anything else. Yep. Um, all right. Well, without further ado, since we've got basically twenty artists to go through and some honorable mentions, we will get started. Uh, let's let's get going on the the Geiger side of things. His number ten entry. Who do you start off with? Um. Okay. So I will preface my list with saying, for the most part, there's a lot of generic names that are on here, right? I, I'm not gonna get into kind of intricacies of things. I just I'm taking it with I love certain bands and artists and music, but I understand that they they may not be the top in terms of uh, playing the guitar. And if you go and you want to look at lists and it's the same 70 people on every stinking list that's out there, uh, because widely considered, you know, there's a lot of people that are just the same across the board. And my list will reflect some of those names and not some of those names. So that's just my preface, my foreword. So like my first one that I have on my list here is Stevie Ray Vaughan. That's a very common one. Um, now, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan in today's terms, cause he passed away a long time ago, um, a helicopter crash. Um, after a performance at Alpine Valley, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right. Um, he just seemed to have like a natural talent, if you will. Um, also was an artist in a band and a podcast with a person that we had a discussion with a long time ago, but uh, that's a story for another day. Anyway, um, he's got just this natural kind of blues just rock jam guitar style that is I, I think people attempt to replicate but it, that's just a hard thing to do now if you look at, at a lot of the songs and he's got a repertoire of songs but you know what not huge because of when he passed away um there, there's a song he he plays a um a song the tax man right now that's not his song Right, that, no. that's a cover of a song. That that's Beatles. That's a Beatles song, but I like that song. That's the song that kind of sticks in my head. And if you want to listen to Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, I hate to be generic, but if you just do like a greatest hits thing, it covers all the jams, man. And he, oh, yeah. then you dig, you can dig deep into his, his albums. He doesn't have a whole lot, but he's got a lot of live performance uh, listens. And I think that's where you'll really kind of differentiate him between maybe other artists is that when he's live, he just shreds. Oh, definitely. He has a great Stevie Wonder cover, too. I mean, uh, he's on my top ten list, too. Ah, got him. Just a little higher up. Uh, But, yeah, so we won't have to go into too much uh, detail because of that. But I agree, like Cold Shot and Crossfire, Texas Flood. For me, Riviera, uh, sorry, Riviera Paradise. Uh, or a Paradiso, um, I can listen to that song over and over. It is it is no words. It is just guitar, and it, it is the epitome of relaxing while still being just awesome at the same time. Um, yeah, he's he was he was something else. He had a smooth sound that 
that was just a refinement of so many people that came before him that mm-hmm. he was able to just kind of meld into a, into the stew of of at that point kind of a cutting edge uh, inspired meld of of blues and rock and some interesting progressive uh, ideas. But yeah, so I'll go ahead and just say this: if you want, there is an Austin City Limits concert where he performs the song Tightrope and about a minute 30 in is just just a beautiful uh, solo that he does. Um, you know, there is, oh gosh, who, he's, he's a young artist. Um, he toured when he was young with Bob Dylan, actually. And... I'm going to think of his name. He sounds a lot like Steve Ray Vaughan, actually. Um, I can't think of his name. It'll uh, come back to it'll me. It'll come back to me. So as we're talking, if I blurt out a name, like, oh, it was that guy. That's the guy. Uh, I'm, there's an artist that sounds a lot like uh, Steve Ray Vaughan. He still tours right now. He's very he's very popular in that type of music and that type of scene. If you want to see somebody who's similar, I'll think of his name. Five bucks says you're going to blurt out. I think he's on my list too. Okay. But but we'll we'll okay. get there. So my number 10, um, let's start with uh, maybe something that a lot of people wouldn't consider. Uh, I'm going to bring in Nancy Wilson. Um, if you are a fan of heart, you will get it. She is killer on the guitar. Um and you know, again, we've talked about writing. Technically, isn't isn't a consideration, but the fact that what she wrote, the rhythms that she that they had in those songs were not typical rhythms. So even instances where it wasn't uh, a solo, it was complex but still consumable because it's you know kind of still pop rock um, presentation. But it's 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 really good pop rock and she's just a joy a joy to listen to and always the other thing that always got me is she's always so crisp so clean in in the way that she presents the uh the the tones and the music uh, off the guitar is just beautiful very practiced if you will yeah no no doubt about that um now if you want to get a, a good example of that you know obviously um, Barracuda, you know, alone, these dreams, that sort of stuff. But um, there is a collected YouTube video of Nancy Wilson's solos. Watch the whole thing. It's fantastic. I like your selection. <laughs> yeah, she's cool. Uh, both both those sisters are just so talented. Um, you know, and one of the things that we should mention here, too, um, some artists just naturally play well by themselves, but a lot of these people that we're talking about have really good bands, um, really good people that complement them, and she's one of those things. Like, obviously, she's excellent, um, but not as recognizable without her cohorts playing with her. Right. Uh, much like, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan, who's got a great, you know... That double trouble goodness. Exactly. I mean, um, obviously, these people may be the focus, but you got... You could be excellent at your craft, but if you haven't found the right people to compliment you, you can't show how excellent you actually are. Um, so kudos to the surrounding cast as well. Indeed. Indeed. All right, moving on to 
Number nine. Number nine. What do we have here? Oh, okay. So this one, this selection, okay, is easy to explain but hard to explain. Okay, so at number nine, I have James Hetfield. Now, I get that. If you think about, so when you think about guitarists, do you think of a person who is in a certain something carrying the song? Or do you think of someone who's leading, doing the solos, you know, just shredding stuff? Like, it's hard. Some people have an idea in their head, right? And I think with, with, now, let me put this into perspective here. We, we've talked before about Metallica. We like Metallica. I mean, they may not be our favorite band, but they have this stretch of albums that may be one of the best in its era, in its genre, and it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kudos, it's a, it's a songwriting, it's a performing, it's not mixing, but it's, <laughs> it, is, it is one of the best stretches of albums that have carried them to greatness for decades beyond their actual greatness, if that makes any sense. Um, but if you think about the songs that were written in Metallica's heyday, right, even, even if you go back and you look at their young pup days with Kill 'Em All, right, mm-hmm. those are just some classic, like, iconic metal songs. And if you look at the notes from then all the way up through, you know, the Metallica, through the Black Album, almost all the songs are really written by him and Lars. And then there's some things that are thrown in there every once in a while. Um, Yeah. So it's not about the songwriting, but they had the creative process. And if you can watch some of their videos on uh, like Netflix, for example, and their creative process that they go through to create to make a song. It's just him kind of shredding. Now, the dude's huge, right? Yeah. And the guitar looks really tiny in his hands because he's so big, <laughs> right? Uh, but his his way, I, I, it's so it's percussive, right? And oh, it's yeah. just it, it's he's got a certain style of playing the guitar that really makes that band what it is. Of course, he sings too, um, uh, so that adds a little flair to it, but. Um, I don't know. It, it's I don't think he's the typical selection that you think of, but he fits the mold to me. I definitely get it. I mean, just you got you've got to have that rhythm. You got to have that that bass in order to make the solo sound like it makes sense. And he he always provides the power. That, and he he can do the solo too. I mean, it, oh yeah, absolutely. He's, he's got that skill. It's just you know he lets Hammett do <laughs> do his thing and. Uh, go crazy but yeah no i I definitely get that and uh yeah that there's a reason that they've had staying power and uh a lot of that is just his guitar playing and writing um now my number nine is is different in a different way so but we i think we're kind of well not really different i think we're kind of thinking in a similar vein on our number nines where you're you're talking about you know the, the writing and and the backbone I went the same direction, but instead of going to heavy metal, I'm going back to the 1970s, 60s and 70s in stacks in Memphis. And I'm going uh, with uh, Steve Cropper. Uh, now, if you're not familiar with Steve Cropper, I don't blame you. I mean, it, it's, it's, 
he's not one of those people that you would think of as a flamboyant kind of soloist. But when you had a studio album and you wanted something done mm-hmm. at that point, he was on it because he was about the best when it came to that sort of a thing. So good, in fact, that if you watched the SNL uh, skits that turned into a movie in the Blues Brothers, he was part of that group mm. that went around with it. And they, you know, they performed live and did concerts as the Blues Brothers, and he performed with them. Steve Cropper, you know, if you think of uh, Green Onions, that's that's Steve Cropper right there. I mean, it's uh, he's he's got so many so many good things, uh, and I just love it. And if you want to see a, just a fantastic example of how good he is, there's a Les Paul tribute concert that he's part of, and he is just phenomenal. I I thought briefly about having Robbie Robertson on my list because. He was kind of that he was in the band, right? So the band was part of the band for a lot of people before they went on to kind of do their own thing towards the end of their career. Uh, so you're right. You find that one person who just crushes it. And, and, and it's, such a good, it's such a good example that people would go to the studio to have that person perform with them uh, to make their albums better. Um, we kind of saw that... Not to a smaller extent when we when we talked earlier about there's the the Beatles thing that's on um, on Disney Plus right and they had uh, the I can't remember his name the artist come in and play keyboard because he just made everything better around him in just a natural way and yeah I I know the guy you're you're talking about if only in such a brief mention but when you say the 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 song you say the blues blues brothers like ah yeah yeah i know who you're talking about <laughs> yeah he is uh between him and donald duck dunn uh, on bass and he's just like ah oh, that's the good stuff right there um all right so number 8 number 8 this person's great um ooh uh so though he might be low on the list in terms of numbers and it's a cheesy pick, but I'm going to throw Eric Clapton in there. Um, from his time when he kind of was with what Cream, and then he moved on. Um, actually, I I will say one of my favorite things that he has done is uh, the Eric Clapton Unplugged album. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And when I was younger, and strangely en- enough, my my mom who basically listened to country and nothing else and it drove me absolutely crazy uh got that album and played it a lot i i instead of you know closing my ears and running away because it was country i was like who is like what am i listening to here and i was like this is eric clapton it's like oh my gosh you know because you you only associate him with certain kind of quote classic rock songs but to me the unplugged album just kind of introduced me to a different world especially the like the unplugged version of things um, that layla version man just, just so good um he did a, he actually did an album a little bit later after that with bb king uh riding with the king this is pretty good like it could have been a lot better it, right it, it had some issues <laughs> it, it was the album that you're just like oh my god like two of the greatest like <laughs> Of all time, <laughs> don't you know you're right? And then you listen to it, it's like, hold on, <laughs> something's wrong here. Yeah, 
this is good. Like this, this is good, but it should be better. Anyway, uh, in terms of him playing guitar, writing songs, um, you know, it was even I'll go back to the thing we we uh, the the Beatles thing on Disney Plus. Even talk about Eric Clapton, you know. So they acknowledged his greatness even at the time. So it's. When you listen to this, the rock songs that he's got and you just listen to him kind of evolve over the years, to me, he um, kind of fits the bill for that kind of classic all-time guitarist. Right, yeah, he definitely has skill. Now, this is a good point to just briefly point out. We're, we're talking about our, our love for the music and you know, kind of how it affected us. We never go into, let us say, the the way that they are in public or things that they may have said that were maybe not that great. We don't go into that side of it because, you know, everybody knows about all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're just focusing on how it originally affected us and, and that, that side of it. And it doesn't take away from the fact that his skill was phenomenal. Or you like the artist, but the band itself was, you know, a bunch of hotheads or, or, right. or whatever. Right. Um, we're just kind of referring to the art. Now, if the art was so awful, their skill was triumphant, but their, but their, their deliverance and stuff was so hateful. Like that's a different thing. Like that changes your attitude on yeah, stuff completely. Uh, but right now we're just talking about, yeah, the yeah. Muse act. I just figured it was important just because Clapton's a bit of a dev- divisive individual at this point in time when we're recording it in March of 2023. Correct. If this, if this recording had happened 10 years ago, this wouldn't have even come up <laughs> at all. It wouldn't have been a mention. No. Um, now, my number eight rhymes with uh, eight, actually. Now that I think about it, uh, a- another lady musician uh, who I still, I man, I want to meet this woman because she's so good. And she's still playing and has had a career that's been decades and decades and decades. And I'm talking about Bonnie Raitt. She is amazing. Her slide guitar work is, you know, best of the best. I mean, there there are a few people that, that can compare to just, the again, talking about the, the practice quality of what they put in. And she's an excellent songwriter on top of everything else. Um, she's managed to duet with about anybody that's been anybody in terms of uh, of of guitar and and that sort of a thing, and I know a lot of it for me is, you know, like from the '80s. That's where it really hit for me on the Bonnie Raitt stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like when she had that just the one album that had uh, "I Can't Make You Love Me" and something to talk about. I think "Nick of Time" was the name of it, something like that. Self-titled. Well, there's a song by that name on it, but I mean, it's just just it, it it flows in a way okay i i've got a good way to put it so we're listening to a heavy metal song or whatever song it's okay intro verse chorus verse chorus bridge solo net, 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 net. the way that she would construct and play things it was so organic that it just flowed and i could get out of my headspace where i'm seeing all that breakdown and it's just like, uh, she's she's got so much skill. Well, l- let's be honest. She's been around for quite some time. 
And that, you're right, that little stretch there was probably her, it it may or may not be her best work, but it was the her, probably her best commercial success, right? right Sold right. the most albums. If I'm not mistaken, didn't she just win a, a Grammy for something? Yeah, she did. And the the things that I read were like, who's she? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, where have you been? <laughs> you should you should be on your knees, <laughs> thankful that she's still here. I was, I I couldn't I couldn't believe like the, I okay so the the Grammys to me are such a I don't know a joke at this point in time. Well, yeah, most of those award ceremonies are. Yeah, it's hard to take them too seriously, but um, in the musical circles, they tend to appreciate the awards but anyway yeah there's a lot of a lot of reaction to it because there was a lot of big names performing and people won and blah 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 and she won and and yeah a lot of the response was who is that person like you have the internet just google her and and you'll figure it out talking about bb king go to youtube she performed with bb king in 2004 at the house of blues in chicago watch that and you'll see all right, number seven. Mm, number seven. Oh, okay, here's a good one. Um, maybe underappreciated while he was alive, and then after review, uh, more appreciated once he was shot on stage in a bar. Uh, I have Dimebag Daryl on here. Huh, okay. So... In terms of him playing the guitar and what he did, you may or may not like Pantera. I like Pantera. Um, you may or may not like, uh, you know, like Philip Anselmo. I could see that. Um, I like his voice. But if you listen to the songs, like the dude shreds, man. Oh, he, yeah. He is, in terms of, that metal rock because if if you're going to listen to this list and you're like well what about slayer and stuff like that like whatever okay get out of here uh i'm sure they're great and then playing the same uh like notes seventy thousand times in 30 seconds has a lot of talent it just doesn't sound good uh but when you look at pantera and their collective of of albums and really he had, I think his brother's dead too. Um, played the played the drums, Vinnie Paul. So half the band's gone. Uh, they, if you just listen to like Cemetery Gates, right? We're talking like the early stuff because I like their their later albums better. But if you just listen to like Cowboys from Hell and you play oh, Cemetery yeah. Gates, you can hear the solos and the shred. It's got this weird because they're. It's got this weird, like, southern feel to it. And he didn't start off playing metal songs and music. Like, that's not where the band originated at. But that's what it evolved into. And it evolved into just, like, this hardcore, heavy metal that just kind of, if you just listen to the solos in it and you just listen to the music that he created, especially in some of those earlier albums, it's just so heavy. And when you, for me... Personally, I can't help but get kind of like you have hype music and you have exciting music. And if you go to workout, you play this like that stuff really gets me going. Like I love those Pantera albums. And he was the main reason that they shredded on there because he was the one writing all the all the music for it. 
yeah, I'm 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 kind of picky when it comes to bands that have the the heavier side and are just screaming. Um, Pantera, uh, I never had issues with them. They were always just amazing. Everything blended, and then those rare songs where you know, oh, he can actually sing, 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 mm-hmm. and they slow it down or whatever, and then you get to see a slightly different side of the whole band. <laughs> so much good stuff. Yeah, that's that's a fun choice. Um, my number seven is nowhere near that far out. This is like somebody that's going to be on everybody's top 10, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And it's not my number one, even though he was amazing and yes, he had great showmanship, but while he was good, he didn't have a ton of songs. Again, one of those individuals that didn't live long enough to have that really deep library, but the songs that he had everybody loves and he is able to take like a Dylan song that when Dylan performed it made me want to beat my head against the the desk but when he performed it it's like oh so this song is actually awesome I just couldn't hear it because I don't like the way Dylan sounds what are you talking about he's got a great voice (laughs) so I mean obviously at this point you uh, will know I'm talking about Jimi Hendrix Mm -hmm. and uh, so I mean dude had presence dude had skill just showmanship, and um, you know we're still listening to all along the Watchtower, Purple Haze, Voodoo Child, um, all that stuff is great. If you haven't heard it, uh, the live version of Purple Haze at the Atlanta Pop Festival. Take a listen. To that it's on YouTube. Amazing. Well, the the thing I like about uh, uh, Jimmy is that he had plenty of music that he did, plenty of music that he covered. Of course, like we mentioned with the covers, he always made those covers just um, more entertaining. If you look at a lot of those, now this isn't always a sign of a good guitarist or a good artist or good whatever, but his a lot of his songs make these awesome transitions in movies, yeah, right? They do. So the helicopters are flying over the mountain, they're getting ready to go do something, and then you're going to play all along the watchtower. Like that's the theme for that. Like, well, let's get like, let's get ready to go type of thing. Uh, and it builds a mood. It builds a momentum with his with his music. Plus, and this is um, this is just, I don't know, something, an observational thing, an easy observation thing. Have we paid attention to how many people on here are right handed? Um, I have not, but uh, he is not or was not. Correct. So, and the other thing too, how did he, he didn't have a left-handed guitar. No, he placed it upside down. Correct. So That's awesome. strung it backwards, right? And <laughs> played it upside down. So even that on its, you know, on its own was just a very, a very unique thing. He was a very unique individual who took a lot of, you know, influence from the, the artists before him and just... Yeah, unfortunately, it didn't last very long for us to enjoy his his work. That's that's what stinks. Is that some yeah. a lot of these artists that we've talked about so far already just didn't last very long because they you know unfortunately passed away in some way or another. Yeah, uh, alas, that is the life. But moving on, as we all must move on <laughs> to number six. Hmm. Here's my one on the list. That, All right. That try is, to throw me off. Try to throw you off. Okay. His name is Mike Dirks. 
Okay. All right. You know who that is? Um, I have heard the name, and I know I know who it is, but because we're recording at uh, nearly 11 o'clock at this point, no, it's not coming to mind. Okay. You might know him by his more common name, uh, Balsack. Oh, that's right. Right, right, right. So uh, we're speaking, of course, of... Uh, a, an artist who is in, you know, the greatest band in the universe, Guar. Uh, I mean, yes. If Go you on. if you look, so there's just a couple things here. So I'm biased. Yeah. Uh, uh, of course, I'm biased. <laughs> this whole this whole thing is biased. <laughs> but in this instance, I'm extremely biased because this is one of my favorite bands of all time, and he has been a member of the band through like. The the people have come and gone. People have passed away. They've had a, a few people who have passed away. But he and they, they've had basically two consistents. Um, uh, if we're, so if we ever do one for drums, um, Jizz Mac's going to be in there because he's he's really good at, at, at his on his kit. He's very good. But those two have been in the band pretty much the entire time. And here's where it really comes into play. Of course, you're going to be in the studio and you're going to sound really good and you're going to shred, you're going to make good music. But when you perform live. In prosthetics. In prosthetics on hooves, right? So you're elevated. You're walking around on, on hooves with a gigantic chomping, uh, you know, bear trap thing for your head. And there's fluids flying around and props coming in and out and people doing things. And you still shred and you can keep up and you're over 50 now and you're still doing the same thing. Uh, part of it is the writing and the performance. Like I said, I enjoy all that stuff for sure. But there's a, there's a certain, we talk about the live performances for these people. Go and watch this. Go and watch this. Okay, go watch a, a Guar performance. Uh, you know, let's you know, let's take it back uh, a few decades and, and go to some of their classic albums. Just watch them perform live and watch him because your emphasis, you're you're watching odorous, and you're watching the fluids fly and the heads fly off and all this stuff. Just watch him, just calmly back there, just torching the guitar, and he's a foot above everybody else because he's effectively on stilts the entire time. Um, so I have, I have a great appreciation for the, for the performance aspect of it, but I love all the music writing and the songs and the performance that he does too. So, well, there's no denying his skill. Uh, you know, we've, we've traded albums and I listened to, to, to Gore. And while I'm not a fan of the overall finished product, I can't not like, the quality of the guitar work and and the drums. I mean, it's clear clear quality. I mean, just, there's no no doubt about it. Just doesn't fall in my wheelhouse once you add in the vocals. You might not like the 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 grumbly uh, yelling that you hear throughout, no. or maybe the lyrics that they are being presented. And but, the lyrics uh, aren't that important. But the but the music to me. I mean, you just go back and and look at you know this toilet earth is really where I found out about the band and then Ragnarok. Um, yeah, those are kind of my wheelhouse right there. So how about we go from a guy that had to fight through prosthetics 
to, to just show his true skill to a man that had to redefine what it meant to play the guitar in an electric setting. Uh, Bob if, Dylan. If you've, if you've gone to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it's a pyramid. At the top of the pyramid, there are four people on display, and he is one of the four when I was there. And there's a reason he's one of the four, because he is friggin' amazing. Um, I am talking about Tom Morello. Mm, Tom Morello. And just his, and it's, it's one of those things we talk about, the, the, the skill of what every musician and the way that they uh, uh, attack the chords or the, the progressions that they use or the speed that they have. His skill is at reinterpreting where the sound comes from, why, how, what does it mean. And that's why he's got such a signature sound that he's been able to create over the years and has not been a member of just one phenomenal band, but multiple. And will just forever be somebody that people are going to look at and analyze and just see how he does what he does. Rage Against the Machine, formative. I mean, that that band just had such a great sound and, you know, the great message, but a lot of the sound, it was him. He was the power behind it. And then when you get to, to merge in, um, merge in a little bit of grungy goodness with Audio Slave, yeah. Yeah, he was just amazing. So just listen to like uh, uh, Killing in the Name or Bulls on Parade from the former or Like a Stone or I Am the Highway from the latter. It, and you hear what he does and it's different, but it's the same. And it's and it's just a reinterpretation of that sound. Or if you want to see him, you want to see him pick on his guitar without a pick. Instead, he's using the power on and off on the guitar to be the pick. Who does that? He has a Fender signature sessions thing that he did, and it's just very clear. You get to see it right up, right up close. Amazing. Uh, the guitar that he uses most of the time is still the same guitar, if I'm not mistaken. He, yeah. Of course, he has multiples, but the one that you see him play the 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 most frequently is the same one from when he was younger. So he's had it pretty much his whole life, and he's. He's made a few changes himself. He he keeps up with it, and he maintains that. Um, and it's not your typical, right, you know, not your typical guitar in a certain sense because of some of the modifications to it, I guess. But uh, his sound is certainly unique. And when we talk about, like you said, formative, there's those bands that when we grew up, right, th those bands when we grew up that we listened to, and Rage Against Machine was was one of those. And we talked briefly about Metallica and their stretch of albums, right? So there, there's like this classic run. Um, you may say Kill 'Em All, maybe not, but like Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, and Justice for All is like that little three album, just glory, time of time of glory for them. Well, Rage had a three album stretch too, but yeah, that was did. it. Yeah, that 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 was it. And then they kind of went their separate ways, and now they're back. And they're still making music, uh, but we we got to see them be great and nothing else. Yeah. And then when you went to Audio Slave, 
you just saw a reimagined version of greatness from uh, a band and an artist that came together to create their own sense of just amazingness. Yeah. And that unique guitar. So in, in Audio Slave, you have, you know, you have a really strong writer performer who's going up against a really strong writer performer. So you have to merge those two things together, right? Yeah. And that's hard to do. And they did it and they showcased everyone's talent in that band. So yes, he's yeah. definitely a, a top artist. Yes. We've made it halfway through. I think we'll manage to get through this at an hour still. We're going we're gonna to plod through and, and keep it going. Number five from Richard. We got five? Okay, so here's another one that I uh, chose who actually had a modified guitar. And actually, almost a homemade guitar. And it's the same one he's played since he was a young pup uh, training to be an astrophysicist. Um, so I chose Brian May. That's a good choice. Uh, I don't... Th so there are movies, not movies, there's a movie that you can watch, right, that kind of details the life of queen which is take which takes a lot of liberties a lot of liberties how things are done and created but in terms of songwriting and guitar playing the dude shreds man uh and all of those classic stadium songs like who do you who do you think wrote those <laughs> <laughs> right who do you think plays the guitar in, in in those and creates those songs and is part of the that band has a lot of a good talent in it anyway and there's a lot of creative that goes in you know structure that goes into that but in terms of who was the backbone of creating some of the most popular songs from the 80s it's him yeah I don't I don't know what else to say. You know, I think our list has a good combination of of artists on it that are mainly from, you know, the US and Great Britain. And we talked about like how many people are right-handed uh, and and stuff like that, but how many people are not from those two countries? Right. Um it's it's see I, we're not discounting the the talent no, from no. other countries. It's just in in terms of the classical growing up time period and, and our music it just all seems to be from these that's, that's who we heard two areas yeah now, i thought about bringing in dave matthews just to mess with you because he's he's not from either of those countries south africa <laughs> but uh, did not make the top 10 um so <laughs> now if we ever do a bottom 10 oh oh that's just mean so mean sure <laughs> <laughs> well how about we we've had a lot of rock a lot of rock, a lot of alternative in mm -hmm. this. How about we go country? Or actually, bluegrass. I'm okay with bluegrass. Country? I, mm. I have been converted a little bit. Uh, my cousin introduced me to this artist uh, not that long ago, and I've been blown away by him. And he's just getting started, and he's amazing. Uh, if you... I've never been a big bluegrass kind of a person for the most part. And there's been, there've been exceptions. I, a lot of the more traditional bluegrass, it just doesn't quite hit me right. But this individual has had experience in a variety of different types of music, including alternative and rock. And he blends a lot of those chord progressions and a lot of those uh, different concepts into the bluegrass. 
in subtle ways, and it just works. And I'm talking about Billy Strings. Um, dude is kind of amazing. Uh, I got the chance to see him perform live in Indianapolis, and he did a three-hour set with no breaks and was just phenomenal the entire time. In fact, there was one point at which the, the rest of the band went back and it was just him on the stage. Now, when we're talking about this, you know, we were talking about, oh, this 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 band is great because you know got the guitarist and the drummer and the no drums. When this is bluegrass, you got guitar, you've got banjo, you've got mandolin and bass. That's it. And then vocals. So all of the percussion comes from the 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 other instruments and it's just kind of worked into how it's done. Dude is is just on point all the time. Um, if you listen Dust in a Baggy or Watch It Fall, great songs. He's got on YouTube uh, 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 an American acoustic Stratocaster Fender thing that he does. And if you just look it up under that and Billy Strings, fantastic. You know, I guess I didn't even think about if we uh, were talking about guitar. Were we very specific on guitar? Are we... Was we didn't even mention like people who rock out on a banjo, for example. Oh, banjo's not a guitar. We'll we'll get that list eventually. I've I've got a whole list. I got a top ten of banjo players. Oh yeah. So mandolin. I have a top well top you, ukulele. Five. One <laughs> maybe. I'd sneak somebody in there. <laughs> but yeah, no. If you haven't listened to him, definitely give him a shot. All right, we're to top four. Ooh. I've got a good one here. Um, he's still around. He's over 70 and uh, plays a lot of uh, bluesy rock type stuff. And you wouldn't necessarily know that he's a bluesy rock type person because his most popular stuff was in the 80s. Um, I have Billy Gibbons. Oh, yeah. Gotta love me some Billy Gibbons. So if you don't know who that is, um, he's... One of three how, from how how do you Z- not know that ZZ Top? <laughs> how do you not know? Okay, <laughs> now I know for sure you can go to I think it's well it sh- it should still be there on Netflix. They have a little um oh that's about an hour and a half little special. They kind of talks about the band uh, moving up the ranks from when they were just you know young pups. And no one knew who they were. And then they played. They opened. How they they opened for Jimi Hendrix? I think it was one day. That sounds right. And Jimmy's like, "Oh my gosh! Like you're like you're too good. Like we need." It was one. You can listen to him tell the story about uh, what he was doing because it was it was in a time frame where you know he he played the guitar and he kind of was just in some small areas in Texas just kind of going around, right? Just trying to find his way throughout uh, creating a band and getting different band members and, and, and just trying to be seen and heard. And they had some studio sessions and they did some albums and the music was really good, but uh, it didn't really click until he started to do more touring. And then they did a, went touring and they did more touring and they played and they played all the time and they just got more and more popular, start selling out their stadiums, uh, not stadiums, but like stages. And, and then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then they 
they just hit this hottest of all hot streaks from like the late 70s to the 80s and they couldn't put out a song that didn't do well oh my gosh and i guess if you listen to some of the songs especially the more radio popular songs and there are times where they were fully bearded Mm -hmm. and you know twirling around the fuzzy guitars and stuff like that it was a performance they had awesome songs but you don't necessarily see that showcase of how good he is yeah you gotta you gotta go a little bit earlier than that and, and find some of his performances when they were touring and uh the dude is really good and he's a he's like an He's a natural at it. Yeah. And their band is a three-piece band. Him, bass, and drums. That's it. And that's it. And they can fill a stadium with sound. It's, trust me, if you like ZZ Top at all, you're interested at all, watch the thing on Netflix. It's very interesting. Yeah. A lot of people get lost in the shtick, but there's, there's a reason they were successful, and it wasn't the beards. The beards just is what got them Bud Light commercials and right. stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no doubt that, the, yeah, he was freaking amazing. All right, so my number four is who I think you were trying to think of in terms of uh, somebody that sounded like Stevie Ray Vaughan but was not and is still playing. And there is there is a, no doubt a very similar sound between them because it's southern blues rock mm-hmm. and and – now the funny thing is, this guy can act. There are some examples where he shreds harder than Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, obviously, I have Stevie a little higher on this list just because he kind of he kind of made it so that this other guy was successful. But I'm talking about Lance Lopez. Maybe somebody different you're thinking of. Thinking of somebody different. He spawned a couple of different people that sound really really similar but lance lopez mm. if you listen to him you will think you're listening to stevie ray vaughn in a lot of respects um uh, he's got a couple songs i really love el paso sugar hard living low down ways uh if you watch on youtube there's a video mr rattlesnake just watch it from the beginning it's it's amazing he's got the flow he's got the skill he's got the speed he's got the sound he has the whole package, and this is a name that most people don't know. Kenny Wayne Shepherd. <laughs> that was who you were trying to That's think That's who of. I was trying to think of. <laughs> well, Kenny Wayne Shepherd is very good, too. Yes. But. So uh, continue with uh, Lance Lopez. No, Lance Lopez has that Southern style. He, From my understanding, I mean, he never attains that, that uh, level of success that we talked about with like the ZZ Top or whatever, you may have never realized you heard one of his songs. That's the sad part. But he's actually just, he is, he is a gem. It's, it, when I listened to him the first time, it felt like I was discovering something new because I never heard him on the radio ever, ever. But when I found his music, it's like, how did I not hear this guy? This guy is so good. Just amazing. And where did you hear him the first time? Um, I was doing just deep dives on random music. There was uh, this really interesting thing that uh, existed before um, 
before Spotify, before Apple Music, and yes, before Napster even. Uh, there were... Uh, Columbia House. No, news groups. Alt.binaries.music.blues. And people would post music. You know, they had all these subjects. And unlike, say, Napster, where your information was very easily obtainable and they knew where things were coming from, uh, these news groups, generally when things were posted, it was gone within 24 to 48 hours. There's no tracing anything. It was great. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> it's good stuff. But, uh, yeah, anyway, so I, that's how I would just find out about new music. It was often incomplete. I wouldn't get whole albums, but because, oh, okay, now I've heard this. Now I'm going to go out and buy his album Yeah, because it was, it was just that good. It's like a way to sample a song of the ten that were on the album. Right, exactly. All right, yeah. we're up to our top three. Number three. All right, who's your number three? Tom Morello, on to you. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll be doing that for my number two here in a minute. <laughs> All right, my number three. Um, this is more mainstream. Uh, if you haven't heard a song by this band uh, in the 1980s or movies that came out in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, it's, I feel like it's impossible. But, you know, I mentioned that Tom Morello was one of four people over top of the pyramid. This guy is one of the other four people. Uh, again, just revolutionized how to play the guitar in a way you wouldn't expect. And I am talking about Eddie Van Halen. Mm, I appreciate the Eddie Van Halen. I will say I never collected any Van Halen albums, never listened to them on the radio, don't listen to them now. And that's not out of hate or spite or dislike. Just was never there. It was just never my thing. Um, but if you do any research on greatest guitarist, his name is always in that top echelon. Right? Like there's, there's not a list without him, basically. Talking about that tonal tap, that was him. I mean, he's, he's, he's basically the father of doing that. And just, just being able to get, again, sounds out of the guitar that other people couldn't get out of it. And listening to him, it was just... It was effortless, and you can. There were several incarnations of the band. I, all people like different versions. Mm -hmm. I liked them all, um, but I mean, Jump Panama. You, they, they they had just tons and tons. But listen to uh, Eruption live without a net. Um, about at the two minute and forty seconds spot is when he goes into his. They just let him play solos while they take a break and like the, the drums come into it but mm -hmm. good lord just crazy good he's amazing well i i think the song that maybe and we we talked about zz top and their 80s like you couldn't miss that was kind of van halen in terms of their their songs that they released on the radio it was just like hit after hit after it they had a really hot stretch in there where they yeah they did they really couldn't miss either um, they changed vocalists, and it didn't matter. Nope, and they were unique. So if we look at, uh, you know, another artist that could be on this list, maybe he's not on. Maybe he's on yours. Maybe he's not like Angus Young, right? Um, they changed. They changed their uh, vocalist, but they changed it, and it was the same. Right, like not the same, but you know what? It were like the same, 
and Van Halen, that wasn't the case. No, drastically different. Drastically different. It also changed the style of the songs they were writing, too. And it's almost like you got a refresher on that band because there's a chance that they could have gone, they could have kept ascending or they could have hit the wall and kind of stayed the same or maybe descended. But we got to see a transformation. Yeah, definitely so. All right, the penultimate, number two. Two, two, two. So I have, uh, we'll get to after number twos are kind of like honorable honorable mentions. And what we'll find with some of my honorable mentions and what we'll find with some of the people that we've already mentioned on this list is a reference to my number two, which I have Chuck Berry. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. So Chuck Berry, I think, introduced a lot of minds and faces and people to um, a bluesy rock music that no one had really heard or understood before. And they, they listened to him growing up. So Chuck Berry was the formative sound for a lot of the artists, you know, from the sixties and seventies that just, were some of the best of their time frame. And then of course those artists, when the, you know, the, the kiddos were growing up and we're talking about these people from the eighties and nineties, well, they listened to those people when they were growing up. Yeah. So Chuck Berry is the, the formative artist for generations of, of blues and rock and metal, uh, funk, jazz, Progressive. like you, you yeah. name it. Yeah. The dude kind of, created um a branching out system of music styles yeah and he you know, that the the tone of that guitar that he that he used was i don't want to say unique because it wasn't unique but the way that he could get it to sound so much better <laughs> than everybody else <laughs> it's just so amazing yeah he just had like a natural feel to things right uh, and, and you're right. It's not like now where you can buy a thousand different guitars that'll have a thousand different sounds because you said, I want this, this piece of instrumentation and I want the thing to be made out of maple, but I want this to be made out of this. And like, I want the pickup to be farther away because I needed to, to do something special. Yeah. Like yeah. there, you could customize, but it ain't like today. Right. So the guitar that, he had was very similar to the guitar that other people had, but it yeah. didn't sound the same just no. because of his talent and his, his craft that he had. Yeah. Now my number two was Stevie Ray Vaughan. We've already talked about him, so that's <laughs> nice and easy. Easy enough. <laughs> so we'll go into some honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Uh, I just have a short little list. Now some of these are, are pretty easy just because, uh, you know, our one of our favorite bands was uh, Soundgarden. Oh, yeah. And although we haven't necessarily mentioned Chris Cornell, but very, very little, because we think I think of him more of like singer songwriter and he played guitar, too. Uh, but Kim Thale was on that band. Oh, and yeah. he is uh, a master class in terms of like sound grunge era. Um, I also, in that same era, I have Jerry Cantrell in here too, uh, because when you look at Alice in Chains and you look at the power behind it, it was Jerry Cantrell, by the way. Um, we haven't really mentioned John Lennon, George Harrison, because the the Beatles were the top notch in terms of playing. They based a lot of their sounds on all the artists that came before them. They were really good, excellent song 
writers too. Um, great at guitar, great at songwriting. Uh, we mentioned BB King before, but I'll throw out an interesting one as an honorable mention in here too that we haven't really talked about at all. And that's Prince. Oh yeah, you can't deny that dude was so talented on. He pick up any instrument and just play the crap out of it. And and he yeah, there's a reason that he is regarded as one of the best artists of all time. Now for me, you know, Clapton hit my honorable mentions. Uh, Kirk Hammett hit my honorable mentions because I mean, you got to have the shred to go with the rhythm, and that's yep. that's what he did and formative again. But uh, another formative person like my dad. Santana, man, Carlos Santana mm-hmm. just had that that southern that South American sound that he could he could play into it, the music that was so different for me than anything else that I had heard. It's like, man, this is this is unique and just beautiful. Disappeared for a bit and then magically reappeared to immense popularity. Right. Um, I was a huge fan of uh, Jimmy Page. I mean. Can't go wrong with some Zeppelin. Zeppelin, yep. Um, Jeff Healy, blind guitarist, just would knock it out of the park always whenever he played. Another person that had a very similar sound in some respects to Stevie Ray Vaughan. But the guy from Roadhouse? <laughs> yes. Yes, that guy. But he's he was good. Um, but we got to go back to talking about, you're talking about B.B. King, but Let's go back a little more. Let's talk about John Lee Hooker. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with uh, the, one of the blues legends and that, or Robert Johnson, the man that Crossroads is about. Yeah, Robert Johnson is uh, one of the earliest blues guitarists and was had this the story that he made a deal with the devil because he played, he left, and when he came back, he was playing better than everybody else, and nobody knew where he went. Mm. <laughs> it's just, what did he do? What changed? He made a deal. That's that's what must have happened. Exactly. Yeah, so just, oh, man, if you get, it's hard to track down some of his stuff, but it's good. Top notch. Yeah. All right, so what's your number one? Drum roll, please. My number one is Jimi Hendrix. On to you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I took the number one. Uh, oh. uh, all right, well, I'm 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 sure I'm I'm going to annoy a number of guitar fans by having this individual at number one. But sure. again, this is this is about how people affect us and how how um, just kind of presentation and things like that. So this guy already has skill. He's had the best of the best say he's the best or one of the best which is one of the one of the things and he has consistently put out amazing music changed his style put out more amazing music and confused the heck out of people in the process now again we're going to ignore personal life or any of the other stuff that goes with it but just in terms of sheer skill John Mayer I will I will go with John Mayer all day long cuz he has he has some just amazing, amazing guitar work. He's got tricks that he's been able to pull, bending notes from between the frets up at the top. Uh, that's one of my favorite bits. But I mean, just when he puts stuff together again, it's it's smooth. It makes sense. The he's not a shredder, but he's uh, more like the original 
blues guitarist, hard, uh, hard, synch- hard syncopation, hard changes in timing. Just, I, I don't have words. I Continuum, that album is perfect. There is not a bad track on that album, and it is, it is just gorgeous from start to finish. So when I think of John Mayer, I think of two things. Oh. One, uh, The Chappelle Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, you have to have, if you're going to be an artist in any type of thing, you have to have fun, and that was two artists having fun. Yeah. Like, let's just be honest with ourselves, having fun. Um, and there's another thing that I think is so, uh, there's a skit and I can't remember who did the skit and it's supposed to be uh, John John Mayer and he goes up to the guitar and he starts playing and then he's like now 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 and it's just really really funny um, uh, because he's he's supposed to be like imitating him singing uh, your body is a wonderland like yeah. not the guitar stuff just him singing that one and it's just <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to look it up very funny. Uh but in 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 looking through lists because like I needed a starting point, I needed a reference. So I just looked at like probably 10 different lists of people and I knew some of my people wouldn't be on the list. Uh but you threw a curveball. Yes, because he was on none of those lists that I found. Um I I didn't even think of that dude at all. Um in terms cuz he's more you know, I've, I, when we look at the list and we look at the people that are on these lists, a lot of these people are, let's be honest, old, right? Yes. Like, you're good because you've been playing for 50 years. And you made music 60 years ago when there wasn't synthesizers and computers. So we don't think a lot of today's modern artists. And really... He's kind of getting old too. Like how how long ago was he quote popular? I'm not saying he's not popular now, but like his mid two thousands to twenty ten. So I mean that's fifteen years ago, yeah. right? Twenty years ago maybe. So um we don't what in our list that we created here, what do what do we think of from the two thousands? In terms of creativity and relativity and hot and whatever like well i had some but again uh, they fell behind the others that i had I, I my initial list was about 150 people long and and do you and I, I, when we're creating these lists we don't like just because you're young doesn't mean you're bad and, and no. maybe music changed maybe our tastes maybe we're just old right and we're like we're stuck in our ways and we like those things like back in my day but your entry as the, the number 1 is definitely a curveball in compared to the rest of our list that we have presented to everybody. I nearly put Jack White on the list somewhere too because mm. he's amazing also, uh, one of the younger younger people. But, you know, talking about John Mayer, it's like Eric Clapton's like called this guy out as being one of the best ever. B.B. King's called him out as being one of the best ever. I just, mm-hmm. These people that, that know the guitar is like, yeah, and he will play anything at any time and can just do it. Yeah, I always appreciate that when you can, his style of music is his style of music, but if you do one of those like, let's play a game, and he's like, let's play some metal, he could do it. Right, if you like, let's play some classical music, he could do it. So he's he's got the repertoire. Oh, yeah. 
definitely about that. And just to give an example, uh, if you haven't listened to Continuum, but uh, listen to uh, Gravity. Just pull that song on its own up on YouTube. It starts with a, a guitar solo. The guitar continues throughout. It's one of my favorite songs. It's just gorgeous. Um, yeah, good stuff. But so many people we left behind. What do you think, dear listeners? Who did we leave off this list that is on your top ten? Uh, you're you're wrong because it wasn't on our top ten. But we still mm. want to know. <laughs> we want to know that you're wrong. Also, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. But I love that's the the people that kind of we accumulate that that list of tastes that kind of help define who we are and what we love. I love seeing that other people's lists. I love seeing people exposed to music artists for the first time. I I I just it's something about that seeing seeing it click in their mind, and they make that decision, this is good or this is bad. It's just fantastic. And we're in the 20s right now, and some of the artists were creating their music in the 50s. We're talking about 70 years worth of people playing guitar, making music that was published that you could listen to. And how many different artists came out over the last 70 years? So when we're talking about you know, tens of thousands of artists, we're trying to narrow it down to 10. Yeah, we're not going to have everybody in it. That's impossible. So it's just, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, we make lists because we want to have fun and we want to get a discussion going. Exactly. I know, I know tomorrow I'm going to think of two or three guys like, oh man, I should put them Mm -hmm. on my list. Absolutely. (sighs) But uh, let us know. You know how to get a hold of us. We're on Twitter still at Real Pudding Guys. We're still on Facebook and Instagram. We're still on uh, Patreon, where you can support us for just a dollar a month. Uh, next month, next month, next week, we're going to be coming back with another interview with a fantastic actor, and uh, we're going to keep kind of going back and forth with some interviews and some other really interesting. I think we're going to be having the review to the new Shazam film coming up here in a couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, keep listening, have some fun, just enjoy life and. And support the things that people love around you, and it'll be great. Just saying.